Hello and welcome to Some Essex Lad and a Paralympian with me, Tim Adams and David Wetherill. Over the past few months, me and Dave have produced a podcast series that explores the world of parasport from some of the most influential athletes out there. We've recorded six shows so far and think it's about time we give you our best bits of Series 1, starting with an interview with Kim Dable, a two-time Paralympian table tennis player and junior doctor. Now, Kim works at Whittington Hospital in North London, and when we spoke to him back in April, he described how doctors and nurses had to treat coronavirus patients with the littlest of protection. It, 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 is, it, is, it is crazy. Like, I've kind of been treating several patients kind of with coronavirus, but obviously with the problems with the PPE and the protective gear, as everyone's been listening on the news, like you don't actually have to, you, the guidelines at the moment is you don't wear full protective gear um, unless you're treating as someone with confirmed coronavirus. So then, I, I mean, I was there last week kind of with someone who we thought had coronavirus, We like, we, but we were waiting for the swab to come back or the test to come back. And I'm kind of, I'm wearing like some gear, but not the full one because we haven't got enough to go around. Um, and I'm kind of stood there like, well, we reckon this guy's got it. And I'm stood like right next to him. But yeah. wow. I can't wear wow. anything. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, you're a bit, you're a bit like, oh, well. Wow. But I mean, it's yeah. But it's nobody's fault. It's just it's just the way the way it is and the way it will be for a while. So. That's impacting on obviously when you're back at home as well. You've got to, obviously you're living with um, with Phoebe and, and whatnot and your housemates yeah. and stuff. So. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And like my my girlfriend's very supportive. She's kind of just she's working from home at the moment. She's a civil servant, um, so she's helping out. And we we had a conversation about it. Kind of well, what do we want to do? Because she her, she lives close to her pet. We live close to her parents here actually. Um, we did discuss it like would, would you want to move back or whatever and kind of sit, ride it out but I think we both just kind of agreed that this is how it's going to be for a while and yeah. might as well just get on with it And but well, no, I think it's been great yeah. as you get further along in the kind of the, the kind of crisis and whatnot. Oh, it's like table tennis. You, you know, if you've been to the Paralympics you, you know what it's all about like we don't, this is the unknown isn't it like we're, we're, you're kind of getting a good medical experience here being in such a situation you know and obviously yeah. dealing with crises and, and stuff you, you, you get better you get better at, at certain situations don't you the more you know about it so yeah i mean you like like you know like when we're playing in those big tournaments you find out really kind of what, what it's about and like kind of what who you are as well um you until know, you're thrown into stuff. it and yeah. exactly yeah uh, so it is i mean it's a it's a great learning experience and i'm sure we'll take a lot of things away from it and Sort of talk about it in the future, you know, when it's all over. Thousands of doctors and nurses across the UK have pushed themselves to the limit to save lives. And Kim described the resolve at Whittington Hospital as strong as ever. It's highly strong, I think, is one of the main words I'd say. There's a lot of very, very stressed people and worried people. And I think it's because it's, it's evolving and changing day by day. And, and our, our daily lives have changed completely. And, and when we come in, it's always something different, you know, like we're having to kind of learn different ways to practice, learn different ways to work, working on different wards, it's all kind of up in the air and, and I think we as a junior doctor kind of we we're just we're just told where to go and we just have to crack on. But I think for the seniors, for the consultants and the ITU uh, consultants, all those kind of guys where they're making all the calls and they're making all the decisions, you can see it on their face kind of because we all we you know we see each other for lunch and that kind of thing and you can see that they're, uh, they're under a huge amount of stress and a huge amount of pressure because they're making those those big decisions. They're having those difficult conversations with families every day. Um, 
and that is tough. And and and, and I, can, I can't imagine what it will be like for them over the next kind of three weeks because obviously as this gets worse, which it will get worse, I think there, there are going to be very difficult decisions to be had um, and difficult conversations to be had like within within the hospitals with yeah with families etc. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. going to be tough. I think that's why you can only emphasise this stay at, the stay at home policy because we want to try and minimise the, the amount of the amount of those conversations that happen. An amazing interview and job our health workers are doing. Now, I want to take you right back to February when we recorded our first episode in Sheffield with Parabadminton's Jack Shepherd and Kristen Coombs. Now, the pair have both achieved golds internationally, Jack at the Worlds and Kristen at the Euros. So, of course, we went straight into talking about six-foot-one girlfriend. Kristen is a hero of mine because he's got a giant of a girlfriend. And that's a dream of mine, honestly. Five, five foot honestly, ten, honestly, five, nearly, honestly nearly six foot, I think. It's to the point now where I would love a six-foot-plus girlfriend, mate, honestly, because, you know... You, you show you're a you're a pretty cool guy to pull it off. No, I'm only joking. You know, it, it just shows it. It doesn't matter, but obviously, it, it it does matter to a lot of people. I've had that problems in the past, but you know, this is the cool thing I think about you guys. And you know, it it doesn't matter. Nothing matters, and that's just a little thing which signifies that. Not that it matters at all, but I just want to point it out because well, you you've pulled it off, and I've been trying to do it for years, mate. So yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, you know, it's like you say, it is something that sadly that the world is all about isn't it that you know apparently a girl can't go out with a guy smaller than her because which is ridiculous in yeah. my opinion but it's you know, an opinion of a lot of people it's how so. people you know and there's lots of other th- things that people think aren't they and we know that but yeah so it's just something yeah i've had myself as well like you you've yeah. just some things you just want to do don't you, you just wanna... so if there's any six foot plus girls listening in just you know send us a little dm or something yeah we got... <laughs> I, I think jack shepherd would in the future yeah, and, you know think... have like a um uh, you know we put a little jingle in so yeah. you know i, I think know. jack shepherd would want the same though he's he probably want a nice six foot brunette wouldn't you as as as, right as, well. as suppose it's a dream of all ours isn't it that we'd like um a girlfriend that's tall especially when we're short like we are but like like me and Kristen have always said you end up with whoever you end up with for the right reasons and it's not always not always about how tall or how small they are it's what they bring to what they bring to you and your relationship with each other so um, but I suppose it is a dream of ours. We'd love a six <laughs> six foot stunner. One point like for me as well. You know, I was watching Love Island the other day. I guess coming from Essex, a stereotypical you know Essex lad watching Love Island, and you know all the mm, all all, all those you know sort of Essex guys watching Love Island, just trying to get tips from the guys. Bad idea in that in that way. But you know, like the height debate. You know, I'm five foot. You know, eight five foot nine. I'm pretty. I wouldn't say average height. Yeah. No, for, for a guy, but be, yeah. I've got mates who are you know six two, six three, six four, and you know like the debate that you know you've got to be over six foot as a guy to go out you know to, to, you know to to get with a girl quite easily is ridiculous. Like from my point of view, and you know I mean like me being five foot eight, you guys being a lot smaller than I am. Like it, for me, it's kind of like looking at your um, attitudes to this. It's just I think this uh, is fantastic. just fantastic. This is just one thing which just obviously I sent it in a you know in a light-hearted way but you know the Paralympics is all about that like it doesn't you know your disability doesn't matter and obviously I've I've kind of grown as a person as an athlete and and my kind of whole persona and thing I guess has been shaped by by my disability which is I love talking about this because like when you go to the Paralympics you kind of get this feeling that 
you know there's some amazing things that people can do and it literally doesn't matter what and obviously height doesn't matter at all about anything um and and the same goes for disability and then when you put it in a sporting context it's just amazing like what people can can achieve and people can do physically like it's amazing genuinely like that's one of the best things about going to the Paralympics for me it's not just performing myself it's like you know watching everyone else as well it's it's really cool um so yeah and then if you perform you never six foot you know very very thick girlfriend at the end of it and, you know if you get a gold medal that's an easy win for well, you there so i'll leave that with you tim yeah I, I think i do just want to make sure that my girlfriend doesn't think that i am only with her just <laughs> the, the fact that she is nearly six foot i think <laughs> there are many other reasons for that just that's exactly the reason but i mean she must have been impressed i'm going back to he's see. hung like a doggy <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we can cut that out if you want. No, that's allowed, isn't it? That's allowed. Yeah, that'd be allowed. That'd be allowed. There's a, there's a little conversation there, but it's not too direct. Yeah. Now, talking of letting your hair down, the closing ceremony of the Olympics is the perfect occasion to do that. Now, having been to the last three Olympics, Dave isn't the worst person in the world to explain what it's like. Closing ceremony of the Paralympic Games is a celebration of all the hard work you've done. Okay, maybe the for me, performances haven't quite gone the way I've wanted to in the past and I've played good but you know I've always had a few days in between my final match and the closing ceremony to kind of take stock and you know get over things and and kind of you know the disappointment because you're not always not everyone can win medals and I've I've been there and you know it, it, it can be tough but then then the closing ceremony happens and it, you kind of realize you know this is you know you've done you've achieved quite a lot and I've I've, I've always played okay I've played re- like the best of my ability so I've kind of realized you know I'm really pleased with this and I've had a good time and I think where everyone's finished the relief is there and obviously a load of people have won medals so happiness and joy of achieving their dreams of of their goals of winning a medal and blah blah so it's a real cool atmosphere like everyone is just having a good time and and obviously the performances and and the actual ceremony is amazing Um, but it's a good chance to like let loose and actually speak properly without kind of having any pressure on you whatsoever that you've been under for the last you know however many months or well years really the whole your whole life building up towards this moment of you know the pinnacle of when you need to perform um so yeah um i think london and rio i was a bit young in beijing i can't really remember a lot of beijing to be completely honest with you um i just like i said riding the wave um having a good time but i think um rio in particular was was really nice like we had a we had a um, a little bit of a party, basically, with, with all the team. It was all the sports. It was really good. At Rio 2016, Dave was part of the same GB para-table tennis squad as Will Bailey, who many of you might know from Strictly Come Dancing. Before coronavirus, the pair were living together just outside Sheffield, and in episode two, explained how their friendship has blossomed. We, we, were, on the, we were on the drive up, and we had a proper heart-to-heart. We've grown a lot as a pair. Um, and to be fair... Will's are the class above me. I haven't actually played doubles with him for a fair few years, but in, in, in our early years, we played together, we played against mm-hmm. each other a lot. And, you know, we were a couple of hotheads at some point in the past, and we've had our differences, but, you know, it makes you stronger a lot of the time. And I think going on about the dynamic of a single sport, you know, the dynamic between playing a team event is something which I really like these days. I love it because I've never really had that opportunity. I've never played team event in the Paralympics other than when we played together in Beijing. Mm. And uh, we weren't very experienced back then. And and I think I remember having an argument after the, we lost to China, basically, in the first round. And we weren't really in it. And, you know, I thought, you know, Will, Will was a, probably a, a stronger person than me back then. 
and well for sure and I, I was a bit you know I played okay played good but Will, Will we lost and I, I was like oh, we lost to China you know it's okay but Will was deeply angry that we lost he really wanted to win and, and it kind of flared up and we had a bit of an argument do you remember that? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah these yeah. things happen don't they but, in sport but that's you know, looking looking now, how far we've come, we've got mm. a really good relationship, and you know, um, that dynamic of of a singles and team, like you know, you want everyone to do really well because it affects you as well. The better the team does, mm. the better the better opportunities you've got. You know, with but I think uh, stuff, so. I think I think that's what's changed since since Beijing two thousand eight. Like, I mean, it was kind of like expected and, and accepted that GB weren't going to be that good. Mm. I, I felt that. I felt like we were yeah. kind of like. Okay, well, if you just go there and just like try not to embarrass yourself, that's what I felt yeah, like yeah. at the time. You're like, just let's try and be competitive, yeah. and that didn't really like sit that well set. Well, no, yeah. I didn't sit well with me. The whole attitude and the whole expectations it didn't sit well with me at all. I I remember leaving there in a really bad way after Beijing, thinking this is like rubbish. This is this is rubbish. I want to give up, or or we're going to try and win some medals because I went to like, I went to China after yeah, that. Yeah. I went to China in 2009, so it's just. I, th- I think that that fire is there, but the fire causes problems as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Like that fire is da- is dangerous because you- and you have to control the fire. Yeah. It's hard for me to control the fire, especially this I think time. It comes, especially this time of year. Comes with experience, you know? though. You yeah, have you, to be in in fiery situations no, to no. know how to deal with them. Like big pressure cookers, you know. You know, we're older now. We're more experienced, and and we're, we're there for each other. You look at you look at players like, and I wonder if I'm ever going to get out of it. I might not. I've still got the fire going now. You can probably tell yeah. with the passion in my voice. Um, and you look at pe- people like I wonder if I've got a problem but you look at like, people like Roy Keane or something like that that's never gone yeah. like, he's still he's still got that now so I'm wondering, I'm wondering I don't think I'm ever anywhere near that level but my intensity is something that I'd probably need to work on you know because I do fire at people and I do go at them yeah. I think um, we in a, in a good but in a, I try and do yeah. it in a positive way but it sometimes comes across I guess you know when I say oh, this isn't good enough now. we should be competing with these guys sometimes yeah. that can come across as a but negative way Come like on. living together is is I can see that because you do need to chill out sometimes <clears throat> and I, I bring that out of you and I do need to kind of knuckle down and you know have that I've got the fire but I need I need it I need a shoulder around me sometimes and, mm. and you give that to me but it's it's learning about your teammates sometimes and mm. it's really key because when you're younger you don't you, you kind of don't really realise that you're not conscious of of all these things that go around in people's brains but when you're a bit older and you've been in those situations you kind of get it four years ago in Rio the squad were accompanied by physio Jason Beaumont who ended up sacrificing his seat for a pretty famous name he wanted you to win obviously but I was I was real nervous like I was so like probably more nervous than you well, the Johnny Vegas thing. So we're a really tight team, and and, and it's great. And yeah. like like Dave was saying before, we can have a bit of banter, mm. and we can have like social chats. It's not just like a professional environment, like where it's a bit cold and clean. You do spend time, and you do get emotionally involved. But I got bumped by the BBC or someone. I had to move seats so they could put Johnny Vegas in the middle <laughs> of the lads. I was like, I was sat there, so I had to go and sit on the fringe for the blooming gold medal match. That's brilliant. <laughs> I remember. I remember walking out and. Uh, I remember thinking, oh, jeez, I'm playing against a Brazilian. I remember thinking, this is going to be raucous atmosphere. I lost my and voice. I, I remember looking at the first thing I saw on my left-hand side was like, I don't know, it must have been a few hundred or maybe more GB people in that first bit of the crowd. And all I could hear was GB, GB, or whatever, Will, Will, whatever. And I felt massive the support. I felt, I felt massive support yeah. like straight away. Those chants would help Will win his first Paralympic gold medal after agonisingly missing out at London 2012. 
But how do athletes react after finally achieving that goal? After that match, um, I think I think I think the happiness and the feeling of great like joy wasn't actually that long. Like, although I might have shown it and I might have looked happy throughout the tournament and the team event and all sorts, I was enjoying the team event. But like I remember, I remember going up to my room after that. And drained I'm, you're just drained awful awful state yeah. and I remember I remember going up to my room going like it's the Paralympic Games I've won the Paralympics I've won, ta- I've, won, I've, won I've won everything I wanted to win in this sport um, and I kind of thought oh no one really knows what I've been through and, and no one really cares which is the truth and also no one really appreciates what I've done like I, I you know it's the Paralympics still and it's got a long way to go and I, th- I felt like I cried and I went oh fuck this is, this is, this is as good as it gets now this is as good as it gets like and it it wasn't great, it, it it felt good for three seconds. Like as soon as I stood on the stage, it felt amazing. I had that buzz, and I stood down. And I was like, was that it? I was expecting, I was expecting to get supermodels, or, you know, running at me. <laughs> I was expecting the world, you know, I was expecting to walk out and like angels to be flying down, and like giving. I was expecting millions of pounds the rest of my life, and then you come out of the hall. It's tap on the back from the coach. Well played, job so stri- done. Strictly, you know, it, you it's get... back down to reality, isn't it? It's back yeah. down to reality. You get more from being on Strictly, yeah. don't you? Really? Which yeah, is, you get more which, credit from being on Strictly Come Dancing than being a Paralympic gold, which medal. is incredible. But it's, it's nice. It's nice. But yeah, you've, you've, you've and I get a... more respect from doing a contemporary dance, which is it was awful, uh, <laughs> to being to being a fucking a really good table tennis player for my condition, yeah. an unbelievable one for my condition, yeah. I believe. But but but, uh, I, but I it's that, funny, yeah. isn't it? It's funny because because you know when you win that, the whole team has put like obviously mm. I train with you every day for the last twenty years, kind of thing, like. It's the whole, t- whole team's medals. Isn't I felt it? a big part of that, and I was yeah. so there's a there's a there's a photo of us in the in the kind of in the call area just after the match, not pre match, and when we had the photo with your medal and everything, and there's me holding a carton of juice, I was just like having a lovely time. I just didn't even know I had the juice in. Me. I nearly tipped it all over myself. I was just like, you know, so pleased for you. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you, you got. I think sometimes you you don't do it for the respect that you get for winning. You do it for yourself, but it's nice to get that respect for winning. Yeah, it's yeah, nice yeah. to not not for winning a goal, but for what it's taken to to get there. And, but I think know, I think when you go, you are at yeah, table tennis. I think when you go to to bed, and people say this, but I don't know if they really mean it. But I I actually managed to get myself in that mental state where I would go to bed thinking about it, and I'd wake up thinking about it, and it was like my life. It took over my life, and it still does now. Like I still got into that mindset again where I want to win. And when you get when you do it, it's like. Oh, that's the end of that. That's you know, the end of that. Do you know what annoys me a little bit? Not annoys. Well, I don't think annoys is the right word, but like people know that we're good table tennis players, mm. but they kind of have to measure it. Like, like how how good are you in able body table tennis? Yeah. And like, oh, how would you be? Where would you be ranked in? Blah, mate, blah. mate, since and I've like, had this, but, since I've had this surgery, uh, and since you know, it's got a long way to go. It's table tennis and the Paralympics is so far behind, and it, it doesn't get the respect it deserves. It doesn't because like I know how hard we train. If you if you lived with us for a long time and you saw what we have to go through and stuff, then we get that sort of respect. Mm. But obviously, people don't. You know, like I was downstairs with the boxers the other day, speaking to the guys, and they go, "You, you know, you fit. When when are you going to get back? And you're only doing table tennis. Like you know, you'll be back soon." You know, yeah. and I was like, "Well, yeah, but I've got to do a lot. You know, I've got to be good. I can't just, I can't just arrive. Yeah, you know what I mean? I've got to play. Timing, yeah, you've got, yeah. got to train. Yeah, um, but that attitude still happens. You know, that attitude of, of like kind of thinking other sports are harder and other sports are harder. But like the amount of hours you have to put in, it's such a skill sport. The amount of dedication you have to put in is it takes over your life if you want to be the best in the world at it. Push yourself to be the best in the world takes motivation and hard graft. But for Paralympic swimmer Ollie Hines, that competitive spirit came from his brother Sam. 
in episode three, I asked Ollie about the nature of their rivalry in the pool. Ollie, I wanted to move on to, um, you know, not just growing up, but you've got a rivalry with your brother as well. Yes. Um, how's that come about and where is it now? Yeah, so um, I guess for like context for, for people listening, I've, so I've got an older brother um, who used to swim. Uh, he competed at the 2008 Paralympics and in London 2012. Um, so we like growing up, we were like, most siblings we how were, much old how how much older is he than you uh four years four years yeah, yeah. um so yeah we were like most siblings. i guess he pushed you on though as well because you, yeah. you had that like benchmark to aim for as well yeah. like competitiveness and what. definitely yeah. like i don't like to admit this too much um yeah. but uh so in 2008 i was fortunate enough i didn't see it like this at the time but my parents took me out to beijing to go and watch sam yeah um and I think that was quite a pivotal moment in my life, really, because um, at, at the time with my condition, I was going through a lot of changes in my health and stuff. And it's tough when you're young, isn't it? It's like, yeah. How old would you, would you have been then? Uh, you would have been, I was 12, yeah. 13. So, so I was, like you're just coming into, you know, you're growing up and all kind of social yeah. kind of things. And, you know, it's a big thing as a disabled person. I, yeah. I suffered that when I was younger. I yeah. get that. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah, yeah. And, um and plus you, you grow up and you don't really think you think that you're like everyone else don't you yeah. but then there's a realisation when you get to a, like that kind of age yeah. where you're not like everyone yeah. else and you've got extra problems and, and you know that's why the Paralympics is class yeah. like, because it puts it more out in the open and, it's, and you can talk about these things now and it's, it's, you know what it's not a problem no. it's all good no. it doesn't make a bit of difference so sorry I've, I've yeah, put it in there this, no, I feel very a, strongly on this it's, it's a good yeah. point yeah no um, like, I, like I say I don't like to admit this too much but you know it, it was, he was it changed my life he, or, at the no. time it was yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, yeah. it really inspired me and not not just Sam just you know just the whole um, yeah. experience of it I think just from the moment like landing on the from the plane and just being in in China and you know like obviously you was there so you you, you felt that you know the mm. the people really embraced para sport and just kind of the, the magic of the games it was the, f- the first time I'd really seen that um and obviously with London 2012 so you on were the horizon. competing together in, in London 2012 yeah, yeah. against each other yeah we yeah. competed against each other because we yeah. were same classification and um, yeah so he, he inspired me um, I beat him in London um, on the 400 and on and the medley um, so I got silver in the 400 and do you have to be got really bronze. kind of sensitive of each other you know when one I guess I've got an older brother as well yeah. so like when one of you's done well and the other was not so much, it's hard to be really happy because you you kind of want both to do well at the same time. But I yeah. guess if if you had one twos which have been real good and like the best, bet that's the best feeling. Isn't yeah, it? like we we shared the podium a few times. Mm. Um, he's retired now, so mm. it's it's not I guess as much of a, a deal now. But um, yeah, it was nice to share the podium with him. He he never at a major champs. I don't think he ever beat me after that point no so it was, age, i was on yeah. the, the right end of it um yeah. which was nice i'm on team younger brother as well like yeah. obviously but again i've got a lot to thank my older brother for yeah. my brother give him a shout out gareth legend mate because he played table tennis as well oh, he's, okay. he's not disabled he's he's able-bodied so he's a lot older um well one year old a lot taller a lot stronger yeah and it gives you know even though it might be unattainable for us to compare ourselves to able-bodied athletes or someone, you know, it's going to push you, you yeah, know, it's going to push you. And yeah. so I train you know, with able-bodied athletes exactly, day in, yeah. day out. And, and you, me, you still try and, you know, yeah, yeah. Like it pushes yeah. you on. Like, and obviously we're, it's like, in, it's, I just think it's important not to get demoralized by, 
you know not use it as a focus but use it as a as a motivation yeah 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 and like you know we're we're all competitive people to be honest and um just just having that com that competition day in day out like i love that like that's that's what it's about not having that competition due to a situation with ollie's classification of the three-time paralympic gold medalist in a dark place the last two years you know it's 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 been difficult it's it's been serious it's been i guess more than just sport for me and yeah. i think what what i found and something that i'll take from from the experience is like my identity because we've been doing it so so long you, you know a lot of the time you start when you're really young yeah your entire identity is wrapped up in what you do you know in the pool or yeah. you know on the court. yeah yeah, yeah. it becomes yeah. everything you know that's that's how you yeah. you achieve what you what you have in the sport um and for me i think when that was kind of unexpectedly just like ripped from under mm. me my everything went like, it's like when people say I it's, more, who I was. it's just a game but it's not just yeah, a game because you're putting everything into yeah, this yeah, every exactly. day it's, it's your it's entire life yeah. yeah and every every essence of your being is going into this this yeah. performance and like you say like it's once every four years like it's mm. you know you, it's not like you you're getting a, a shot at it every single week yeah. it's once every four years so it's, it can be pretty pretty rough um, but so for me that that's what happened and i just lost my confidence in everything and um yeah it, it was really dark there was some, some some tough times um but you know i have great people around me and one one thing that i will take from from this experience you know wh- whatever happens with the rest of my, my sporting career um you know it's so important to have those people around you that, that also their family and friends must have been like so supportive around that time yeah, as well absolutely yeah yeah and you know like you you can't nobody can do this on their own you know they need the support of their, their family and friends and my coaches like they were they were all great and um like they're and your teammates mate yeah i'm, absolutely. Including, I'm including myself in this absolutely. even though we're, we're removed a little bit but from it, swimming like and it's stuff, true but, and yeah but um, it's good this is why things like you know, this just doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah, again, absolutely. Like, yeah, because yeah. you know, like we, have a little chat. We were talking about this earlier in like, the village as well. You know, the getting to know. We don't get this like we say once every once four, four years. Four years, yeah. Cross sports and stuff, but obviously some of the older people, older. I'm, I'm putting myself as a veteran now. Yeah. You've got to know over the years quite a bit, but yeah, um, it's it's nice to have that kind of openness. Another swimmer who achieved success in Rio was Ellie Simmons, who added a fifth Paralympic gold medal to her collection. But how does she find the games? And how early do swimmers really start training? For me, I was in a bit of a dark, like mentally dark place in Rio. Um, so I wasn't, didn't take it much in due to the situations of the, some of the staffing team at, at the games for us on the team on British swimming side. So I tried to like, Rio was really much of a blur. So I didn't really take in much of the carnival or the vibes but I think each country does do their spin on it and I think I quite like that because Beijing it was big it was bold like the water cube was incredible venue one of my favorite pools the the colors the village was huge London it was all about home games English uh, British English spin I can't um British spin um Rio was all like colorful wasn't it bold bright um so I think Tokyo I think they're going to put their own spin on the games and I'm looking forward to seeing what, what they do with that. What about Birmingham 2022? Yeah, yeah, that's going to be exciting. <laughs> I'm actually really lucky. I'm on the, the 
the board for that. Mm. So um, it's nice to see a different side to a games because. Can you get Paralympic? Can you get me a qualification spot? Wangle, you in. I think. What do you say, wangle? <laughs> <laughs> Is that even a word? Yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> Um, I think he's, it's, he's not. He's not. He really isn't. <laughs> so this is the kind of uh, humour that, that we have. It, you know, you've got to have a bit of lightheartedness sometimes because it's serious, serious, serious all the time. Yeah, you you've got to have fun. Discombobulate, too. but yeah. I should. I should actually maybe play. I'm, I'm probably not. I probably shouldn't, but maybe I should play some of the WhatsApp messages that me and like Will Bailey, <laughs> play um, to me. Play, play to Ellie because we we back and forth like motivation, but in yeah. a really, really ridiculous way sometimes. So uh, and maybe, I I sh- maybe I'll maybe I'll set I'll. I'll send you some Tim and see if you can put a snippet in, but I don't know if it's appropriate. Yeah. Oh yeah, God. And I normally send you a text at like five a.m. in the morning. I, I always say, hope. We, we heard a few like... of them in the last episode. You know, we heard. You know, it was it was you know cracking. <laughs> there were some beauties right there. We say, yeah. This 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 is the thing. You're up at what five a.m. and I'm still asleep. Like, <laughs> don't go waking me up. I know. I do sometimes. Like that's my most productive time when I've got my coffee in the morning. I'm on mm. the tube and I try and text all the people that I want to talk to so I'm normally like oh gosh like texting you and friends at like 5am in the morning I know routine, it? it is difficult it is. but you've got to make sacrifices oh like you we do were saying on the way, like yeah you, it can be can be tough sometimes yeah it can be like like we were saying it, in terms of life think, yeah, yeah you've got to like mm. you've got to give your life to your sport and it's it's hard like especially Paralympics you, you try and do that balance but it's a Paralympics it only happens every once every four years and depending on when we decide to retire like you've got to view it as your last one and you never know where the sport may lead or where you may lead yeah. and I think Go when with the flow it, yeah you? when it comes to January 2020 it's all about being focused, making sacrifices, and it's hard because, like I, like we were saying, like swimming, it's it's not got the best social times. So I'm trying to try and be in bed by nine, asleep by half nine. I'm awake at half four. Like it's it's hard to to have a balanced life when you you're giving your life to your sport. Early this year, Ellie was featured on the Global Goals list by One Young World and Vanity Fair. And wants to inspire the next generation of women. I think it's really lucky what what we can do with just being an athlete. We can use our voice to to help others and do do other things away from the sport. And I think I'm trying to use that voice to help girls, to help women, to help people of all shapes and sizes to know that they are okay. They are like no matter what your body shape is, you're you're strong and you can do anything if you put your mind to it. And I think it's about inspiring that next generation, not to be the next Olympians or Paralympians, but to go out there and achieve something. And not, I think social media can, it's an amazing platform, but it also can be quite, um, you see these ideal women um, putting the biki- bodies of the bikinis or like earning an, like great, social media or earning an income by what you look like and I think a lot of kids these days they that's what they inspire to to be like and to do and I think it's not like that like that's one percent of the population like you're gonna have days where you look at yourself and you think oh I don't look good today but it's it's fine like we're all women we're all men we're human like we're not robots we're not the same and it's it's okay not to be the same a recent survey by scope an organization committed to disability equality found that one in three people see those who are disabled as less productive than non-disabled people 
Tom Matthews and Lee York, teammates of Dave, are both in wheelchairs, and so that everyone in the Paralympics has a different story to tell. A lot of friends, you, you still talk to them, but I found that there are a lot of friends kind of, not so much didn't invite you, but didn't kind of... Share the way you got all to accept it, I guess. Like. Yeah, because they, they kind of think that, that they've got to change things, or they've got to plan things more, or they've got to organise things in order for me to come. Yeah. Uh, or, or do it, wherefore, like my best friend, Leon, he, he's, He's never ever made me feel like I'm in a wheelchair. He's always at the time for me. Do you know what I mean? And then once you actually realise that, yeah, it might need it a little bit of planning, but it's not. It, you, you, you just adapt. Do you know what I mean? You just adapt to the yeah. situation. I'm quite lucky. I, I got a good bunch of boys. Like I, I've met them, most of my friends since after my accident. Now it was only one or two that kind of stuck through. Like I can understand. Um, like, I, like you said, I still speak to the boys that I used to follow with back in the day on the bikes and that. But that's kind of difficult. Um, Sometimes it's difficult for people to like, kind of adjust yeah. to that and kind of accept you being a chair. I, I guess they accept it. It's, it's, not, like, it's not like it's, you can go mountain biking with them now, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard for them to accept things at the end of the day. There is a, there is a um, kind of line. But yeah, yeah. The, bo- the boys are bothering now. Like, they don't even think twice. They'll carry me upstairs and stuff like that. The clubs and yeah, it, it, it's a good bunch. And I think people learn to accept it and just see. The disability is nothing. Yeah, but what was, what was it like, Tom, when you first, before the first time you went out to to a club or whatever with them? What was, was what was it like? I don't know. We had to probably fell up my chair a few times. What was the time was, scale? I, bet, I get those kind of things though are the key for your recovery, I guess, aren't they? Just like time mentally. scale. I, well, as you know, Dave, I met a guy called Jim Monkley in hospital. This is how I got into Taylor's right? So, yeah. so I mean, as well, touch on that now. Um, I met a guy called Jim Monkley, basically coming around the wards and Rockwood Hospital, and he was just like, oh, give up, get up and give a tail to us, try. Because it's probably the easiest sport to do in a hospital. You can kind of do it, you're not going to do archery in a hospital and start shooting bows and stuff. Um, so, yeah, we, I, I said no for ages and ages and ages, and I was just like, this guy was getting all my tits in the end, right? Yeah. So I got up, and I was like, right, they're going to give it a go. Fell in love with the sport. Couldn't get off the table. I, I think I kept him here until about ten o'clock at night, which is way for into our environment uh, at the time. So uh, it went from one, it went from one end to the other, then essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, sadly, he's gone now, and he's no longer with us. But he was like a father to me. He was like the same disability. So I'm a tetraplegic. Where I can, my hands are constantly like this, um, so I can't really use my hands. But he taught me ways of doing things um, with my disability that no one else could ever teach you. But what I'm just trying to touch on is that, like, I think. Mentally, it took me about two years to get over it. So I fell in love with the sport. I I played it for for six months, I'd say, even after I left hospital. And then I got my car, um, started driving around. Then I just started drinking, going out with the boys every weekend, like and just I guess trying to get back to normality. And just I literally binge drink so much uh, to a point where I was just drinking like Thursday to Sunday most days and just really like kind of lost I guess but then I think the turning point for me was when I asked him to go back in 2013 and I was like look I gotta give this a serious try um, and I just watched you, you approached it with a different mentality that second time yeah I think I, I think I watched a bit of London and I was like Jesus that could be me I, I could be doing something with my life and that switched and I think that's what's so important about the Paralympic Games um, everyone I think the Olympics now is great but in Paralympics, everyone's got a different story. Like, every single person has got a different story behind them. 
there's not, I don't think it'll be one parliament and you meet and it'll be exactly the same story. It'll be very rare. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. I think it took me mentally to get over it about two years. And it, yeah, I still get my days where I'm like, oh, what if? But yeah, yeah those days are very, very rare now. What, say, say for example, God forbid, I don't know, I'm just going to use Tim as an example. Tim suffered an injury. Sorry, Tim. What advice? Like, oh, cheers, thanks. Anyone, really appreciate it. Anyone, <laughs> really appreciate it. Sorry. Anyone who's struggling uh, with a disability or, or whatnot, like, what, would, what advice would you give them if they're in the same kind of shoes? If they're... My advice, firstly, yeah, speak to someone. If you're struggling mentally, definitely speak to someone. Speak to someone who's yeah, close definitely. to you. Um, family is always a good bet. Um, and if sadly you haven't got any family, it's uh, if you definitely friends if you haven't got that. I'd probably say some medical advice. Um, make some friends. You, you can always yeah, like you yeah, say you made a load of friends since since then. Yeah, for sure. Um, for some people, that's quite difficult. Um, I guess being in a wheelchair, but that's not the end of it. Um, there's a life after your injury. That's that's the main thing. I gotta say, there is a life after, and it's the way you kind of contract that mentally. I guess if you if you're gonna mope around about it, it's gonna become more difficult. But if you get up and think. You know what? I got something about me. I can go and do something big, and I think that goes for everyone in life. It's, it's not just people in wheelchairs that suffer mentally. It's, it's able-bodied people that suffer mentally. But I think being in a chair, you you come become a bit more robust when you get into disability. I guess. Being an athlete, you've got to travel quite a bit, listen to each other's music, and wear Team GB kit. So I was curious to find out the inside track on the GB Para Table Tennis team. Just thinking about. The GB table tennis team. I saw on like Instagram the other week that you eat. Well, some of you did um, like the the most athletic, the most, the best shot, the best forehand, the best backhand. I wanted to kind of go away from kind of what you do on the table and kind of go what you do off it. So, who has the best, firstly, dress sense out on the team? <laughs> oh, I know who has the worst. All right, who's got the worst thing? Come on. Who's the worst? Well, I know what everyone's going to say. Who's got the worst? And that's definitely me. Because <laughs> I wear some nonsense. Uh, I did me. I'm, I'm not kind of on, on the performance squad, yeah. so this is hand down to you two. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say Lee's development. Lee's coming away through. So uh... I'm going to say for dress and probably Ashley Fiercey because he takes a lot of time in life. Yeah, he's got good dress sense. I'll give him that. Yeah. I actually, I actually offered to pay Ash. I said I'd buy him lunch if he'd come shopping with me and be my personal shopper and tell me what's well, going on. Well, there you are. We're going I've actually done that to him, to be fair. So fair nice, play, nice. I like that. I like that. What, all right, what about music taste? Billy's always the guy who puts the music on in the gym, and it does my head in. Because, not that he's got a bad music taste, but he only ever listens to the same stuff over and over again. Don't he, Tom? Yeah, uh, he does listen to the same stuff. Um, which is my only criticism of him. What kind of stuff so is it? Indie? Hip hop? I'd go. I guess Megan or Jack. Cause yeah. Jack's a lot. He's got a lot of varied taste. Um, and Megan. So they listen to a lot of various genres. So I, I'll go with them. I'm yeah. going to stick up with them. Okay, third one out of four. Um, funniest or least funniest? Or somebody who thinks they're funny, but then actually not, and they don't really know it. Uh, are we allowed to oh, broadcast God. this? <laughs> um, How much um, blasphemy is going to be in this right now? Who's boring? Who's boring? No one's boring, mate. It's exciting times, so that rules out yeah. the least. We've 
We've actually got quite a good squad, to be fair. I don't yeah, know. And the guys coming up as well, like Lee and, and the guys like um, pushing us to like try and actually stay in the performance squad because they're going to take yeah. up. Like, For me personally, looking in, Dave likes to crack a joke, don't you? I do like to crack a joke, but it doesn't mean, doesn't mean I'm actually funny, mate. <laughs> Disability live at the Apollo, almost. I think every, uh, that's the point. That, you know, in a squad, like for me coming in, looking in, it looks like a good close knit family in a way. Do you know what I mean? Everyone kind of yeah. gets along. Everyone helps each other out. And obviously, I'm not part of that yet, and I look to be part of that. And even like the pathway and the development and all that lot, like Sean's doing an absolute great job of trying to mm. keep in it. I mean, obviously, everyone's all over the country. You guys have all kind of located a little bit in Sheffield, and obviously in. in in Wales, um, kind of all located in one, but for us, we're like in London, we're like in, in Middlesbrough, yeah. and we're all over the place. But Sean kind of still brings the development squad, the pathway squad kind of together. And I just think throughout the whole thing, it feels like a bit, bit of a family, and that's good. I don't really think there's anybody that kind of doesn't help each other in a way. Well, that kind of brings me on, really, to the last one. Um, so who, because you guys do a fair bit of travelling um, as well with this, who is the best or the worst traveller going abroad? Will. I'll leave He's scared of flying. Is he scared <laughs> of flying? Yeah, scared of... Um, yeah, you don't want to be stuck on, on a plane. That's a hard question because I, I think we're all... We're all equal now. I think we're all kind of... We've all got our own things to do and I think yeah. we do it well. Like... No one's ever really left anything behind or anything. Travelling's a bit more of a... You have to think about travelling. I do, especially. like You know, with table tennis and trying to be in performance shape. I think travelling, yeah. It's knackering. Yeah. Like, I hate travelling. If I had to play like, the day after travelling, my level may be not as good sometimes because I'm knackered from travelling. I find... I'd rather... I feel like a day's training is less tiring than, than a day's travelling for me. Yeah. you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, it is tiring. Um, I think from just touching a wheelchair point of view quickly before we end this, yeah. is like, if you're in a wheelchair, don't be scared to travel. It, it is possible to travel. There's a wheelchair you get transferred onto, you can have help. And it, it's easy, so don't be scared to not, like, travel. Um, that's one thing I would like to touch on before end this, because a lot of people might be scared to travel if you're in a wheelchair. It's not impossible, it is possible. Mm. It is possible. You just got to be well, honest. Well, not at the moment, mate. We're in lockdown, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when when all this is yeah. over, yeah. In about a year's when time, you might be right. But now, bit you know. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the biggest right things now. I've noticed, though. You just you just got to be organised. That you've got to be organised in the wheelchair. You've got to make sure you've got got everything you need. Um, Tom will know what I mean. You just need to make sure you've got everything you need and be organised, and then it just runs tickety boom. Do you know what I mean? It just goes. Fine, yeah. Overall, over the past few months it has been a bit of a whirlwind for both me and Dave we have been really fortunate in terms of the audience so far you know this is still got a long way to go we believe and 
hopefully this is just the start in you know creating a podcast for those you know who want to learn about the disabled world and uh, disabled sports and Paralympic sports and you know we hope to break down stereotypes uh, within that you know the audience we've had so far we've averaged over 100 people per episode so we're so grateful to everyone who has listened in who has engaged in uh, what we've put out and hopefully we're going to put some more stuff out soon but we're both well aware that the coronavirus pandemic has kind of derailed what we have been planning to do and we have had to adapt like so many other thousands of people have across the world let alone the UK um, so we felt it fitting to end this best of series uh, one with a message from Kim Dable, junior doctor um, at Whittington Hospital, who has swapped the table tennis um, racket for a stethoscope and who is treating coronavirus patients. And he has a message to all of you on what the NHS think of everyone who is supporting them. Thank you, and I'll leave you with Kim. For me personally, I think it's, if I can kind of provide any insight to other people, if it can provide some, like I said, the fear of the unknown is the scariest thing. Um, and even if what's going on in hospitals at the moment is, it is terrifying. Um, absolutely it is. But um, I think people need to know about it and and uh, it's important that they do. Uh, so wherever I can kind of get that word out, that kind of, but I mean, all I would say is obviously we appreciate all the support and there's been a lot of love for healthcare workers and for, for kind of those key workers since all this happened. And it's, yeah. even though there's a lot of negativity around, there's also um, the vast majority of the time we, I, I feel very supported personally. And I think people are really kind of reaching out to their, to their NHS staff and, and they're realizing the importance and, and that's been fantastic to see. So yeah, we just have to keep going.